All right, everyone, that's right, the roadmap. Go ahead, smash that like, subscribe to Benzinga's YouTube channel, and leave us a comment in the chat if you're here watching us live. If you're not here watching us live, we still love you too. This show is available as a podcast and also airs on YouTube after the fact. You can always go back and watch the replay. So we're so excited to have everyone here. Also want to shout out today's sponsor of the show, FTX. So FTX US is one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world in terms of trading volume and daily users. The app is used by over 6 million people to buy crypto and NFTs with no transaction or withdrawal fees from your phone or computer. The FTX US trading platform offers NFT trading on the Ethereum and Solana blockchains with no gas fees. To learn more, you can go to FTX.us and click on the link in the description below and also pinned to the chat right now. So go ahead and check out FTX if you have not already. And a big shout out to them for sponsoring today's episode. And it is time to go ahead and bring on my co-host, Brian Moore from Benzinga. Brian, what's going on, buddy? Oh, just <clears throat> happy to be here. Excited about this one. It's going to be so very excited. interesting. So excited, mm -hmm. Brian. We've got a big show. I mean, how many episodes have we talked about Board Ape Yacht Club? Probably all of them, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is the biggest NFT collection out there, and it is getting so much steam, right? We've got celebrities in there. We've got athletes in there. We've got the floor price growing tremendously. They they just take care of their users. They're doing more and more collections that are available. They got a token coming. So much to get into. Uh, I don't want to bore everyone with too much about Board Ape Yacht Club. If you're not familiar with the project, it launched back on April 30th. A collection of 10,000 Board Apes. Uh, the original mint cost was 0 0.08 Ethereum. Today, we have a floor price of 116.5 ETH, passing 100 ETH floor on this past weekend. I think it's time, Brian. It looks like he's ready in the background. I am so excited to welcome to the roadmap a top 11 Board 8 Yacht Club holder, Franklin. Franklin, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, Chris? What's up, Brian? I'm pretty good. How y'all doing? I, um, I sold an ape yesterday, so I got 36. You know, I someone, someone called me out on, on Twitter about that because we've been saying this whole time, it, it, it 37 was, uh, apes. It was and, and then, of course, yeah, of course, you went and sold one. And I know you uh, kind of have been doing that these past couple weeks, letting one mm -hmm. go, buying back in and, and selling, which we'll get we'll get into later on in today's episode. But yeah, so just a slight correction, Franklin, the owner of 36 Board Apes, still one of the top holders out there, uh, a tremendous portfolio. And yeah, that trailer highlighted some of them, including the gold fur one, which we will also get into later. Franklin, as we welcome you to the show, uh, just for anyone out there who's not familiar with yourself, give us a little history of who you are, what you do, and how you got started in the NFT space. Sure. So um, I, um, uh, my day job is I'm an engineer, and I guess during COVID in 2020, I got interested in the crypto space with um, mostly just, you know, doing offshore prediction markets or, or um betting on sports and esports. So once um, the election day happened, 
in November of 2020, I started a Twitter account just to follow the news to see um, what you know what I could do in those in those markets. Um, by probably by the new year of 2021, um, I was using that Twitter account. Didn't really have like five or ten followers, but I was following a lot of people and just went down the crypto rabbit hole a little bit further with uh, crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum booming, and um, Polygon, the Matic token was booming. So that you know, as a, as probably a lot of li- current listeners have noticed, one thing would lead to another. Once you get into crypto, you'll probably read something about NFT and then not get you very interested. So around um, mid-February, early March of last year, I found about I found out about NBA Top Shot, and that was really what turned me on about NFTs. Um, I thought that a lot of people, you know, made a lot of money through NBA Top Shot, and I was trying to do the same thing, but um, just based off how that project works, it wasn't a money-making uh, situation for me. I I pretty much paid you know top dollar for every single moment, and it just you know tanked in price as the supply overall supply of the ecosystem group but that wasn't the important lesson that i learned i think the most important lesson i learned from that was just basically how nfts worked how um in this case it was a company you know ran by partner with the nba but they were able to mint different video highlights on the blockchain just like um different companies print out sports cards and i kind of drew that direct connection and i felt like digital was going to be the way to go because I can't buy a sports card, you know, from the store here and then instantly sell it to somebody. I'm in Florida now. I can instantly sell it to somebody in like um, Japan, you know, in five seconds. But through the blockchain, I can do that. And so that's where I think we were heading. Um, it just wasn't a money-making venture for me, and I was still curious of how to make money and you know what, how I could do to grow, just grow in NFTs. I think I'd already learned how the, how they worked at the time, thanks to Top Shot. But um, the Board of God Club is really what accelerated everything for me at such a rapid pace. And like you said, um, nine months ago today, uh, well, you know, overnight on April 30th, May 1st is when all 10,000 apes sold out. So I was on my Twitter account, you know, following all the Top Shot influencers, and a lot of them changed their profile pictures to apes. And, um, you know, they, they for Top Shot, they didn't change their profile pictures to like their favorite you know, basketball player because it was a video, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to flex a video in a you know, small circle picture. So when they did it with their apes, it really caught my eye, especially with the amount of people that were doing it now, people that are talking about it. So I had to quickly, quickly learn how to mint an NFT on Ethereum. I didn't have a laptop, I only had a work laptop, so I couldn't mint on my, you know, I had a personal laptop to mint on. So I was on my phone, MetaMask app the whole time, uh, had to go log on to the Board of Club website and mint, you know, I had no idea. Nowadays, if you log onto a website you've never seen and mint, <laughs> they might take your money. I didn't know at the time. I was just, you know, trying to follow directions. And uh, minted, I minted three apes, and I was pretty happy with what I got. Once I figured out they sold out, um, I was kind of too nervous to bring in more money to, to mint because I thought I wouldn't be able to buy it in time. And then I caught wind that there's a, something called a secondary market called OpenSea for, <laughs> for buying more apes. So... Then I started bringing more money, and the floor price was like 0.15, 0.2 ETH. Now, keep in mind, um, this was such an easy decision because there was really no other project like this out, out there at the time. Now, nowadays, your project wins out. You know, you're kind of, you're probably a little bit more hesitant to buy on the secondary market because you just get another chance tomorrow to mint something else, or you have, you know, 10,000 other projects to look at. So, but at the time, it was just all apes, and everybody was talking about it. 
So with incredible sales volume, incredible activity, the floor price kind of trickled up to about 0.2, 0.3. Um, I was buying as many as I could. I bought like 10. And then I saw the gold for eight. I was, um, that, that sort of taught me, that sort of taught me how to look at different traits and research, um, floor prices and, you know, just, just, this, and kind of, I had to kind of make my own ranking skill. There was no, um, rarity tools was probably like half a day or a day out from releasing the, um, ape ranking. So I just had to, you know, do all the research I could to find every single ape's traits to figure out, you know, maybe down the line, this ape might be worth more than another. So it was a very fun experience, you know, given my background in engineering, doing math and spreadsheets and stuff that tied into my, you know, huge financial investment buying. I had 30 by the end of May 1st. Um, then I kept between 25 and 30 this whole way through. And then by November, December, I started buying as many as I could. So I, I figured we'd see such a, huge rise in floor price like we have so that's how i ended up getting to 37 and now 36. but yeah that's the um it's a long story of how i got into board api club and everything else is, has kind of been you know right place at the right time awesome yeah i mean i didn't want to cut you off there franklin uh it's such a cool story uh you know to hear that you minted this project uh not a lot of people out there can say that anymore that they minted in you know at that low cost of course and have watched this project from the start I loved hearing the Top Shot connections myself. That's how I got into uh, NFTs as well. Um, I remember the early, the earlier days when you know you could get in line for a pack, and if you were one of the lucky people to get a pack, you could turn around and you know flip those moments for a profit. But you know, as you mentioned, we did see kind of an oversupply, which then you know kind of just wiped out demand. So uh, I still have top shots in my portfolio. I don't know how they're doing anymore, but I am excited, yeah, of course, for, for the NFL ones to release, and maybe we'll have a, a second go at the, the sports market here. But so you mentioned, um, you know, that you owned uh, 30 uh, around the time of the mint um, or shortly after you own 36 now. You had 37 the other day. So is 37, is that the the peak? Is that the highest number you've ever owned for Bored Apes? Yeah, it was 37. Um, you know, one, once, because I, I wanted to get a 36 so I could have, I mean, this sounds like a stupid reason, but I could like show them all at, at the screen at the same time. It's a lot easier mathematics wise to have a square and where, you know, if we're all talking about profile pictures and, you know, how they look, I think geometry and math is important for how you display your art. So it was nice to have a nice square or I could do widescreen, but nine by four. Like I said, this is really stupid, but <laughs> it's something that was important to me. So once I got a 37, I was like, oh, I can't do that anymore. But it was just a personal achievement for me to be able to make enough money in NFTs to buy one more. Once I hit 37, I started looking at other projects. Like um, one that caught my eye was the Creeps project. They're, they're, in, they're in the comments now. <laughs> being ridiculous. But I thought that... Um, with the amount of apes that I had, I could sort of, instead of buying one more, maybe just diversify just a little bit. And so, and then maybe if things work out, I could resume buying apes if um, and make enough money doing other trades. So I think 36 and 37, 37 will probably be the max for now. Um, and then don't forget, well, I don't know if we're gonna talk about this later, but the ape, the quote unquote, this is just a rumor, the ape coin is gonna be coming out um, in Q1. 2022 so by the within the next two months hopefully that could give me enough you know tokens i i, I gotta be legally correct here get enough tokens to somehow you know get another ape in the long in the long yeah. term so 
I, I feel like I can get more. It just, it'd just be a matter of time, not any rush. And I'm and I'm happy to be in a situation where I could, like I said, I had 37. I could sell one for above floor price and then use that money to buy another one to get 37. And that's just another, like, I guess, reverse way of taking profits and still keeping the amount of apes ready for this token drop. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> so um, let's talk about your solid gold fur ape. It's mm -hmm. one of the, um, I guess you'd say one of the rarest traits and uh, your PFP. And so has it kind of, have you embraced it and put it into kind of your brand? Have you used it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I made it my profile picture on May 1st. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll retweet it on my feed. Like I, I, I kind of want to do it every month, just like a monthly anniversary. So I put it as my profile picture and um, I bought it from Pranksy. Pranksy is a very well-known, mm -hmm. very successful NFT collector. And so I thought that just me buying it from Pranksy wasn't a nice enough of a flex. And I thought that, you know, I had so, I'd seen other gold, uh, Pranksy sold two other gold days before mine got sold. And I was, mine was four ETH and the other two were three. So I was kind of upset at a time that I paid one ETH more for it. Obviously, it doesn't matter now. So, so I, I just wanted to, you know, the flex it. This, this, you know, this is what we all do now. We, you know, buy something and then make our profile picture NFT. I, I didn't think much of it as like a pure branding um, situation until maybe like two or three weeks later when I realized the full potential of, of apes and what you can do branding wise. So um, yeah. I, I put me, you know, I put on my t-shirt. So I have it. I don't know if you see it. Yeah. I have the ape in my t-shirt. So I've, I've sort of kind of molded into the ape right now. I have it. I had it as my LinkedIn profile picture um, since probably July or August. And then LinkedIn um, took it down. So I'm in protest. I just, needs him. I just uploaded the, the two circles picture that they replaced it with. So it was like, mm. they, they, if, if, you know, the picture that I uploaded doesn't look like me, that's the picture they gave me. So if they take it down, they're just going to replace it with the same picture. It was just fun. It's just funny. Logic. But I think eventually LinkedIn will um, adapt to Web3. Um, that's, that, that, that's probably inside info. But yeah, they, they'll yeah. probably adapt to um, what do what Twitter's doing and let us use our NFTs as verifiable profile pictures. Well, so they're gonna I, have I will. Mm -hmm. So I will um, definitely keep keep this ape. Um, I, I thought about flipping it for a short profit, you know, very very early on because we I didn't know any better. But there's no point in me doing it anymore. Like I, if I need the money that I would make from selling this ape, I could just sell you know four or five regular apes. But then the then I hurts my uh, 36 ape count. So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I don't really need you know having that having that have getting rid of it or having your money is nice but i think i can go a lot further um you know we're just less than a year in we're having we're probably like five percent done on the roadmap so there's a lot more i can do with this ape than just getting mm. i feel you i had um i had an adam's uh, adam bomb squad and i sold it because i needed the money and um, oh, I, I thought that i'd be able to kind of flip it because i turned a profit flip it and come back in in a week because i just needed <laughs> to utilize it now the floor is at 1.5 and i'm like oh my gosh like oh, I, I messed out this huge thing and it's like I, i'll just give a shout out to adam bomb squad they're one of my favorite nft projects and i think they're they're there's gonna be a whole lot of stuff you're gonna see with them so eventually i'll get back in price it now oh. if anyone has an adam bomb you know or an ape or mutant you know just we'll, we'll let your boy know but um well, i saw the i saw yeah, the floor price is 0.97 last night and uh, i just checked it was 1.5 1.5 so mm -hmm. I, there was a lot of projects that I missed this month. It was, I think, the, um, 
if you were new to NFTs in like May, June, July, there were a lot of projects you can make a lot of money off of. If you just minted in hell till like September, October, but October really shook me. It was pre-NFT NYC, but October really shook me. A lot of ETH, ETH went up from like 2,800 to like 4,200. 4, a lot of the floor prices just tanked. Yeah. And so that's what I was scared about this time around. Now that ETH's going up to like 27, 2,800 and oh, yeah. probably beyond. But it seems like there's so much new interest and new money coming in that projects, even that tanked a lot back in October and November, are skyrocketing now. Um, mm-hmm. And a bomb squad for one, they're just on the way up and up. And that's like, you know, I can name like 20 different projects that I don't want to talk work, about it. Anymore. Yeah, double and triple. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. <clears throat> I know I'm. I'm really sad because I was like I. I needed it, but I wanted it, and I tried to cancel. I but the sign message didn't go through in time, and someone scooped it. Oh. I'm like, God damn it! But well, it's all right. If anyone has one for cheaper than floor, you know, just let your boy know. I'll. I will make something happen. Um, but what I wanted to uh, see. Speaking of that, how much would you sell your golden eight for if you had to put a price oh, tag on it? So, <laughs> if you look at my history from my hot wallet. And I, and I know this because I had to actually cancel the listing um, when we had all the open seat issues because I remember probably like May 2nd or May 3rd, I listed it for 16 ETH, which was four, you know, four X my money. And that would have been like, I probably would have retired from NFTs had I gotten 16 ETH from a four ETH investment. <laughs> for real, I'm serious. I wouldn't have, you know, I would have just cashed yeah. out. Um, but I couldn't cancel that listing. I don't know if I didn't have enough gas or something. I, I probably didn't have enough gas. So I had to make a new wallet transfer the ape to that wallet but then i had to transfer ETH to the new wallet too so i could pay gas to transfer it back sorry my dog started barking but um yeah transferring it out transferring back i thought canceled the listing and that's how i remember i listed it for 16 and i was like, okay i'm good nobody's gonna buy it um you know i i kind of got more diamond handed you know after a few hours and say like, okay let me you know hopefully no, no, you know hopefully that listing disappeared and so that was pretty much the only time i really wanted to sell it um i did for a while, keep a really, really close eye on the gold for floor price, not because I wanted to buy another one, which I, I probably should have bought another one, but um, just because of the clout that I thought having the highest floor price, you know, ape could bring, um, you know, I thought people were caring, hey, he has a 40 ETH ape or he has a 50 ETH ape. Um, mm-hmm. Then it, you know, 100 and reached up to like 300, 400 really fast. And by then I was like, okay, this is a million dollar ape. Um, you know, I, 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 I have to hold on to it because it, it might just only go up from here. So if I had to like, if somebody offered like, I don't know, in terms of ETH, it probably had to be like 2,000, 2,500 ETH just so I can have enough to buy back in to get a gold ape. Similar to what I'm doing with- Or you just, wouldn't even have to do anything the rest of your life if you did that, just, let's just true. be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, you, you'd just be doing that for fun. I mean, it's like yeah. money would yeah, I would. be a token. Actual money is now, crypto you know the fun uh internet money mm-hmm. at that point it's like whatever. I, yeah. um, I think that yeah. i mean it's one of those situations where you know obviously there could be a huge tank or a huge bust in the nft market i just think that just you know having the gold ape is kind of like set for a long long time i, don't, I really don't think there'll be a situation where if i were i i would have trouble selling it up you know and not be comfortable about the, the price it would whatever i would get for it would be something I could live off of for a long, long, long time. But I don't, I don't live that way. You know, I don't have that lifestyle, so I don't really need that money in my pocket. If I did have it in my pocket, I would probably put it right back into crypto to grow it. Mm-hmm. 
guess I'll throw it back over to you. All right, perfect. So you mentioned, um, you know, the token, right? So that's been news. We've got a token coming. We've got a mobile game coming. We've got the possibility for more airdrops. We've got a monetization uh, talent agency deal signed with Gaio Siri, Maverick. Uh, all these items for Board Ape Yacht Club, right? And there's so much to be excited about. But Franklin, what is it that you're most excited for with Board Ape Yacht Club, you know, over the next 12 months, let's say? That's a great question. Um, I guess it depends on what they're going to do with the next 12 months. It's funny because um, a lot of NFT projects, if you don't hear from the team or there's no update or there's no, you know, utility announced in like a week, the floor price will tank in like, you know, because of, you know, FUD or things like, you know, just people selling off or people getting upset. But it seems like with apes, these four anonymous or semi-anonymous founders can sort of build, you know, underground for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. And what, what do we see? We see people, you know, excited about what's to come. Um, we see new people coming in all the time, new famous people. And that that probably has an effect on the price of making them more valuable. So it's like by the time that they, they do have these, new sort of innovations, new things out that, you know, we've already kind of raised the price up so much that, it, you know, it's almost, it's, it, go, it will go crazy from there, I think. But what I'm most excited about and probably not the most popular answer, I just want to see them build an actual club in Miami. So that's on their roadmap. Um, I live in Florida, so it's a short flight away from Miami. So um, it'd be somewhere where I could like talk to my wife, my wife and say, hey, let's fly down to Miami and uh, go hang out at the club. I think that's something really cool. I've, you know, I've never been part of like a golf club or a yacht club or a sports car club or anything like that. But to get into a, a yacht club, you would need like sports car, <laughs> sports car type money. Hmm. So it's, it's all the same for me. Love it. Great answer. Uh, Franklin, you mentioned uh, celebrities there, and that's something we talk about a lot on the show, right? Is the large number of celebrities and athletes getting into NFT projects like Board Ape Yacht Club. So I saw on your Twitter that you recently sold one of your board apes to Marlon Humphrey, Baltimore mm -hmm. Ravens. Uh, tell us about selling apes to athletes and maybe celebrities. Any fun stories on your interactions with uh, athletes and celebrities here? That's, yeah, that's a good question. Um, obviously, they weren't the athletes weren't around when we were buying and selling these at you know point three, point four eight. Maybe a couple of them jumped in, which was was great at the time. I remember Lamelo Ball got in probably at around one ETH, and that was one of the most craziest, wildest nights in the Discord. Um, once that happened, I was like, okay, this is this is really serious. I mean, obviously, he was dropping his own NFT project at the time, but I, I try to separate it, too. I'm like, you you know, buying it, you're part of the club, it doesn't really matter your motives. But um, I think Marlon is the first, it's probably the most famous person I've sold it to and definitely uh, one of my favorite football players in general is just a coincidence that he that he was already in uh, BAYC and then sold an ape. Um, I think he had, he had gotten injured uh, playing. I don't know if that had an effect on his decision, but he sold the ape and uh, now, then he wanted to get back in. So um, uh, mutual connection, DM me, and then we started texting each other. And then, um, yeah, I was like, you know, I was, you know, I was frank with him and honest and said, hey, I want to sell it so I can get back in at a lower price. And um, he picked the ape out and I was like, yes, do 107. I think the floor price was probably um, maybe like 104, 105 at the time or something. So I was able to get back in at like 104. And 
to me with um because i had just bought that ape to be my 37th ape at 90. it wasn't like an ape that i was attached to and like you know wasn't a diamond in it forever and i'm like okay well i'll sell it to you and then i'll go buy another one for cheaper and pocket the difference so i would i would do that and put the money into um other projects like like creeps and stuff and get the uh look for other ways to grow that money um at least long term while well, I can do these short term like flips for for apes. So that's kind of that was kind of my strategy this past week. And the sale to Marlin kind of kicked that off. Um it's nice to have those you know pretty collages, but then when I when I sell an ape and buy a new one, I get to make another one and uh trigger all the <laughs> all the haters. So it's, <laughs> it's more fun to make these collages and videos, you know, I just have a blast. I'm I'm not an artist so doing stuff like this is just kind of how I express myself. That's awesome. Love it. And you shouted out the creeps, which has got to make the chat real happy right now. They, yeah, they, they're, they, they're they are it. taking over the chat. I'm sure you can have see you, all those have comments you done any, on um, screen. Have you, in, have, have you had any discussions about that project before? We have not. Or, so it'll actually be in our headlines later on because it was one of the top 10 projects last week by nice. sales volume, which we usually That's talk about on Tuesdays. Yeah. So stay tuned. All the Creeps fans <laughs> in here. We'll try to get to that at the end of the show, but uh, we'll awesome. reach out to the team as well. Uh, to try to get them on here for an interview. That's something we love doing on the roadmap is interviewing the teams behind projects. But yeah, shout out to Creeps for uh, taking over the chat today. Uh, so speaking of athletes, Franklin, we do have the Super Bowl coming up in a couple weeks. This was a topic we talked about when we had Hunter Orrell on here, also an ape uh, owner. So we have Von Miller of the uh, Los Angeles Rams owns a board ape and also several halftime performers own board apes. So how big of a deal is the Super Bowl for board ape yacht club? And maybe how big is it for NFTs overall? I'll just start with the, uh, the one of the most recent comments I got. The guy that connected me to Marlon told me that Marlon wanted the ape before the Super Bowl. And so I'm like, you know, if, if I had known nothing about the performers or nothing about Guy or Sierra or anything, I would have been like, oh, cool. Maybe, you know, he just that was just a personal you know, timeline. Maybe he just wants it to show his friends at Super Bowl or something. But since you mentioned all that, um, it just, and, you know, being on Twitter all the time, you just kind of, you know, your, your brain just loves the rumors. And it's like, you know, are the, are the, are the dots really being connected here where we have, you know, we've we watched the Super Bowl commercial and it's like Eminem and Snoop Dogg. And it's like, oh, they both own apes. And it's like, you know, they both bought apes at a reasonable time period so they could brand, use them to brand. And it's like, they're both be on stage at the same time. You usually don't see those two on stage at the same time. So the fact that they are, I mean, you know, the names of, with, um, with those two, just those two alone would make a huge, huge headliner. And then everybody else after that, who knows what they would be showing if, if, if if these two are going to show their apes, who knows what the others are going to be showing? Pepsi getting in an NFT market, you know, very timely right. yep. time period. Um, and then you know, actually got another person, not not after just a, a mutual friend, who who said somebody was looking for a by the Super Bowl too. So it's like this rumor is beyond that. That shows that this rumor has gone beyond just us talking about it on Twitter. And. Mm -hmm. uh, it just makes me really excited to see the Super Bowl. I, I don't, you know, I, I try to keep myself from believing in anything, so I'm not ever going to say it as fact, but um, I'm just really excited, even even if nothing happens, just the fact that we had board ape owners and ambassadors on stage performing at the Super Bowl, I think it's a big deal. And even if, if they don't, even if they don't mention apes, the fact that we're doing it now is 
definitely um, a huge deal and probably influences, like like I said, influences people to try to get in before the Super Bowl because we're not we we as an ape owners in the ape ecosystem have been so um, influential that we can, I guess, get people to think that we're going to do something by the Super Bowl, which which drives up demand. So I think that's a really powerful um, statement about the effect that the apes have had on the mainstream culture. Definitely. So um, are you interested besides the creeps in any other projects right now? Um, I have a cyber, a Genesis CyberCon. So what led me to just those, and I, I did sell a lot off to buy into creeps, was just the passive token yield um, and the game theory. And there's other projects that do that as well. I just, once I picked one and it was creeps, I just went all the way in. Um, yeah. I could have gone into other different projects, but obviously I, there's no wrong answer in this month of January and February. Um, oh yeah, somebody mentioned Sappy Seals in the, in the comments. They're, you know, they're pre, they have a tokenomics ecosystem similar to creeps where you buy it and you pay gas to stake it. Once it's staked, you get, you get um, token yield and then you pay gas to take out the token yield if you ever want to swap it for ETH on um, Uniswap or SushiSwap on the website. And as long as, you know, we have more people coming into the project, more people buying, I stressed in the Creeps Discord, as long as more people are buying the token and there's usage for it, um, just like there's maybe there's utility for Dogecoin and there's utility for Bitcoin or Ether or Solana, if, you, if there's a reason for you to buy it and maybe spend it on something else, um, and maybe, you know, with the quote unquote ApeCoin coming down the line, I think that will be very valuable for NFTs in general, and it could um, broaden the audience for people who want to get involved in crypto, who want to get involved in just digital currency. So that's why I was so heavy into creeps because I was seeing um, the amount of yield that you get was a lot per day, and I was like, okay, well, if you know, it is it, basically it comes down to the fundamentals of NFTs. If somebody wants your token for more than what you paid for it, then that's a good sign. Hmm. And so I really think that. Um, with that team and CyberConk's team and, and Savvy Seals and et cetera, they are really, really going to be working in four days. They're really, really, really working hard to make sure that the token that gets, um, that's, that's going to be yielded is going to have really huge use in both, you know, crypto just or specific, specifically for DeFi people or in the metaverse ecosystem. And that, you know, that, that's a really, you know, I guess bullish or, positive sign that I see for just Web3 in general, how, how much we can expand with that. I mean, yeah, those are, that is a you, great point. You don't just have to buy, you know, Bitcoin and do nothing with it or invest in mm -hmm. a Bitcoin ETF and just, you know, hope that it goes up. You, act, you can actually buy these tokens to go use it in another, you know, something else that you might be more interested in. Yeah, and like a cryptocurrency, well, specifically Bitcoin was started as a decentralized uh, person to person payment method. So there's no bank, there's nothing. It's just me to you to sell it anywhere in the world, wherever. And then it slowly has graduated into this mm -hmm. from that, what, 11, 12 years ago when it started, maybe a little bit longer, but um, whenever it started to this whole dynamically driven and multifaceted, uh, faceted, just different aspects that can happen with these blockchains and cryptocurrencies. It's really interesting with NFTs. And I could talk about it for hours, but what we're going to. Just move on from that. <clears throat> uh, how active are you in the Discord? Do you like to be in, like, on Twitter? Are you a, a big social media guy? Do you like to talk to people and 
get to know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, anybody? I try to respond as many people as I can on Twitter. A lot of uh, I get a lot of DMs nowadays, so it's hard to get back to everybody. But I try. You know, it doesn't really matter how many followers you have or who you're following. I try to follow as many people as I can, especially if they have NFT profile pictures. Um, I've been spending more time on Twitter than Discord. Um, if somebody hits me up nowadays with a, a decent project I could promote for a fee, that's another way of passive income I can make for um, Twitter promoting. Um, but other than that, I just like, you know, talking about apes um, or cyberkongs. I'll, I'll try to start gradually talking more about creeps. You just have to be careful with the amount of following that I have. It took me you know, months to realize that if I tweet something, people actually <laughs> they'll go do it. They they'll, yeah, they'll they'll buy and sell stuff, so I don't want my mm. tweets to control. They'll hold you accountable for it too. Yeah, I I, I I I mean I was on the other side. I I still am. I would read people's tweets. People that who had way more followers than me, the same people who I might have way more followers than now. I still respect them and look up to them, and um, still act on their tweets. I just didn't think <laughs> I was going to be that person myself. But I I completely understand how other people can see me that way. Now it just took me a while because I would. I would buy stuff, you know, that's why I bought apes. I saw a lot of people changing profile pictures to apes. There was no other reason for me to do it. I would not have I would not have done the research on my own if it wasn't for you know the influencers. So I just need to be careful of what I pump, especially if I'm trying to make money. So I usually try to not tweet about anything that I'm happy about unless I actually sell and make the money from it first. So then it's like, you know, I'm I, you know, they can say Franklin's already out of it, so there's no reason for me to buy it. But at least the project will be on their radar. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned the uh, there's a bug in OpenSea where uh, some apes are being mm -hmm. sold at previous um, floor prices or previous sold prices or what they were bought at and whatnot. <clears throat> um, what do you think, like, what is kind of your reaction to that? And do you think OpenSea handled it well? Or do you think that maybe some of these other new platforms are going to be able to uh, circumvent this and prevent something like this happening, like look rare or even Coinbase. Yeah, so like yeah, I mentioned I listed my ape for 16 ETH, transferred it, transferred it back out, and then I haven't luckily had to send it back to Hot Wallet ever since. Um, but I think unfortunately, you know, I, I came into the world of crypto even you know even with Top Shot, with Top Shot being a, a more centralized platform mm. um, and Dapper, I was under the impression that. You know, where once you get into crypto, not there's no insurance, there's no um, there's no refunds, there's no bank to protect you, um, because at least you know in 2015, 20 like 2014, 2015, etc., you would hear about crypto and it would be all this like negative like black market dark money type things that were kind of scary. So that was kind of my opinion about it. So I was like, okay, if I ever got into it, I would have to be responsible for my own. You know decisions and there's nobody that could that could help me if i lose anything and so with these apes getting exploited um you know i, I sort of had to sort of warm up a little bit because you know because like for example if it happened to me and i'm sitting here with all these apes like who's going to be crying for franklin you know nobody's no. i mean probably people will but deep mm -hmm. down they're like he already has this many nobody's really gonna yeah who cares yeah, yeah. So, but I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to openly say that obviously that's a very, very negative view. Yeah. I don't like there's no, there's, there's no reason to um, state the toxic obvious like that. So I'm really happy that OpenSea with the amount of commissions that they've made um, are, are able to refund these apes at 
market value, not just at the floor price for apes. They actually do their research to figure out what the ape should be worth, and they may be friendly people. The issue, I guess, just with OpenSea is that I hope they do that for anybody that gets supported. I don't want it to be just apes or just creeps or just you know gutter cats or cool cats, you know, all the high 5, 10, 15, 20 projects. If you bought a, you know, even if you bought it for 0.01 ETH, you should still get refunded. I feel like they should be consistent. As far as um, how that could be prevented in the future, I really think that um, now, if, if say I just got into NFTs and was buying stuff and listing it, I think I would have the education I would need to know that in order to cancel a listing, I would have to actually pay gas. I think OpenSea's finally done a good job of warning people that and probably looks rare as well. And looks rare also as a button that you just mass cancel everything, which OpenSea still for some reason doesn't want to do. Or maybe they don't, maybe it's not part of their technology in their mm. smart copyright. But um, I think that's, I think they've really done a great job in the past week of making sure that this won't happen to like any, any new, any new person that was, were to transfer their NFT out and transfer it back if they want to cancel listing day. OpenSea's probably done a lot. They could do obviously more, but they've done a lot better job. It's just when we bought apes at the time, I never had that education. There was never a default setting to time our listings. We would have to click like four or five different buttons just to make a time listing. So whenever I list my apes, um, I, I would do time listings just, just because I didn't want to pay gas to cancel. But mm. um, we were we were just lazy, lazy and naive to transfer our apes out and transfer them back in because we, we kind of relied on the Bible of OpenSea. So if OpenSea didn't show the listing, we just thought, you know, they're not there. So I completely understand why, you know, people lost their apes. So I'm not going to be like, oh, you're responsible for anything. And technically, they are. It's the Wild Wild West. But we, we just we weren't that educated back then. And, and hopefully people coming in now are going to be educated. So I'm glad that they're overall, I'm glad that they're, you know, stepping in and refunding us. And um, definitely, you know, makes the case for other uh, markets like looks rare to step in and, and take some of that open sea volume out. So I'm really happy that they they had already existed. Awesome. That, definitely. Well, Franklin, before we let you go, just got a couple more mm -hmm. questions here. Uh, and again, want to remind everyone, obviously not financial advice, going to ask just some, some opinion <laughs> right. questions here. Um, so Franklin, we got news uh, the past couple of days that the ape DAO may be liquidating liquidating they have 81 apes and also own a bunch of other nfts so um aside from the obvious of you know will it happen or what do you think uh do you think given that that they own 81 do you think it would be best to maybe auction these all off together or is the move to individually price these out um and, and sell them piece by piece what would you do if you were the owner of these 81 apes that's a good question. And um, like you said, I mean, this is just hot off the press. Even uh, I actually had to check Discord. I was kind of shocked. So 11.50 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, ding -a -ling. Uh, That might sound like a funny name to people who just watch. People who don't know that he also yeah. is a big <laughs> <Sorry>. owner. <Yeah. laughs> Dingling, who, uh, um, who does have the most, who does own the most apes, but that's unrelated to this anyway, um, who owns a whole bunch of ApeDAO shares who bought in really early and, you know, really believed in, in the project both apes and the DAO um, switched his 185,000 tokens to vote to liquidate because I checked last night and this morning and he was on the side to not liquidate. Oh, so wow. something obviously had changed and his vote alone flipped 
flips the 50%. So now that we're back on for liquidation, now that I can answer the question. Um, yeah, if they had 81 eggs to liquidate, I, I think um, there's ways to kind of keep them off the market and still sort of sell them. You don't have to like list 115 ETH, 114. You don't have to list 1 ETH, 115, and then 114, 113, 12, 11, 10, all the way down to like, you know, 50 ETH. I feel like, you know, people will scoop these apes up at a certain, I, I would say anywhere from 95 to 100 ETH. I feel like they get scooped up. There's a lot of people banging on the doors to get in. A lot of people with mutants who, um, who in this case with ape, I don't know how many mutants they have, but I don't think they would have as much effect on the mutant price as they would in the ape price just because of the sheer amount of money involved. So there's a lot of people with mutants who are like, you know, they, they came up on mutants. They are my DMs all the time asking for apes. I'm like, Nah, I gotta keep my, gotta keep my uh, OGs. So, but but they, you know, they will switch from mutants to board apes in a heartbeat. So there's a lot of demand for people wanting, um, wanting apes. Even if you bought, you know, 10, 15 dogs at two or three ETH, you could liquidate those and get an ape now. So there, there's a lot of people who are, you know, trying to get in with these, um, these apes, and not all 81 are floor apes either. So there's probably some nice, um, more rare apes that if they were to flood of the market it wouldn't really affect the floor price because it's only targeted for people who are buying a lot so i'm kind of neutral about it um I, I i i do admit that me selling the ape yesterday i sold it for 128 after a day after the night for a day after i bought it for 114 mm -hmm. um, it took one night so i made that much profit in one night and i'm like okay well i don't have you know as long as i can get into another eight below 128 it's still a profit so i'm not in any rush to buy it but with that impending 81 comes to the market, you know, we all have to be smart, make smart decisions. And, and um, you know, there's no reason for me to buy a floor ape at this price if I'm going to get undercut by dozens of apes. But I think they're going to be smart about what, how they want to sell them. And and also the ape doubt holders will get properly compensated, as I think they should. Because at the time um, when they were raising money for the DAO, I, I should have bought in, but I chose not to. And um, just time had to run out. I kind of phoned one, phone in later. But during the selling initial offer, you know, you could you could get a big chunk of that DAO with like one or two ETH. The issue was that apes also cost that much at the same time. So it's like people back then had to choose whether to buy an ape or buy into the DAO that controls this many apes. And um, obviously, I, in my opinion, I think buying an ape would have been the better move um, just because you can control their rights is your ape you can make your profile picture nobody else can i mean they can obviously it's, it's your own nft you can do stuff with it you'll get the now ape coin with it so um that's just sorry i mean to inject my personal opinion no you're good you're good i think, I think the market we love the okay. info mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i think the market will be okay with, with these coming in i mean okay. i don't think it's going to just shoot to the moon i feel like it's going to be a nice little ease of you know prices for people to to get in but I do think a lot of people do want to get in at 95 to 100. I think that's a good little dip, nice, healthy dip to get everybody in and to reward the people who held on to APAL for all these months. Definitely yeah, a nice, sure. nice win-win balance there. Franklin, mm -hmm. another opinion question again, and I stress opinion, not financial advice, but <laughs> if you had to put a price prediction in East on Board Ape Yacht Club at the end of 2022, uh, could you do it, and what would that number be? That's a good question. Um, man, if you asked me this 
And about the end of 2021, at any point in 2021, I would have been like so wrong. I would have been so low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even even in the first of December of last year, you said, "Oh, what's the price at the end of the, of the year?" I've been like probably 75, 50 to 75 percent of what it actually was. So now mm-hmm. that we're here, geez, the only thing that's been this high has been the Genesis Cybercoms and CryptoPunks, and CryptoPunks went to 155 in July, August, or in August, and it fell all the way down to 50s, 60s. Now they're back in the 80s. So I think I honestly think that if we just took out all the utility, just ignore all that for a second, ignore the Miami Club, which I'm excited about, ignore all the blockchain games, ignore the 3D models, ignore the Gaio Siri, ignore the um people marketing their own apes and Justin Bieber using it for album covers, etc. If we ignore all that and the price went up to 150, I I definitely could see a, a huge pullback when things get, you know, 400k and above. That's mm. Expensive ape, so I could, you know, I don't see it going past 150 if that's the record for crypto punks. Um, I would be very shocked if it did, and also very happy. But, um, for the end of the year, you know, if it went up to 150 and dropped, I could split the difference and say, like, you know, 130, 135. Um, that's assuming ETH stays the same, obviously, if ETH triples or quadruples. <laughs> The, the ETH floor price might not be that high, or if ETH drops to you know what five hundred or thousand dollars, then obviously that definitely affects the floor price. But um, I'm always I'm not like I've, I've, I'm super bullish on the project because I gave that price number without all that utility. Now you add it all in. I forgot about the mutants part, and it could I mean with with what they have what with what they can bring to the table. I'm talking about the team and the amount of commissions that they made and the amount of partnerships that they have outside. Um, yeah, it, it probably could double based off of different announcements. So if they say, um, I remember when Mutants came out on Tuesday, they said, uh, the F word, F it, Mutant Saturday. And like from Tuesday through Saturday, the whole NFT market went crazy. This was at the end of August. So if anybody wasn't around, um, that was a crazy moment. You haven't seen it yet. So if today is Tuesday, February 1st, they say F it, Apecoin Saturday. <laughs> I think the floor price will hit, you know, 130, 140. Like, just if you just look at the number of listings right now, it would easily get there. Um, oh yeah. So that so so my price prediction is to sort of change based off of what they announced when they announced it. And if they announce Bitcoin, and uh, like say mutants get like 90 percent of the tokens that board apes do, obviously that would tank the board ape price and compress it to the mutants price. So there's a lot of things that could that could affect the floor price. Um, or if they say mutants only get 1% of what the OG apes get, then everybody who has mutants are gonna liquidate to try to buy the, the apes so they can get more end points. So there's, there's a lot of things in play. I, I can't predict that, but I guess that my best case would be just another, let's double it again. Let's go to two, 240, 250 by the end of the year if we include all these bells and whistles. Um, I just think um, if there was absolutely no utility We'd see one more leg up, and there probably another dip. But there's just so much. There's the possibilities are endless with this with this team. So, my yeah, let's let's do let's 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 come back in the year and see if it's two fifty. Love it, love it. We will. Oh, we'll good. definitely uh, uh, save this video. Maybe clip uh-huh. that out. And again, this is not financial advice. Just a prediction from one of the biggest holders out there. Uh, Franklin, before we let you go, I'm going to drop your Twitter into the chat here, and it is also in the description below. Nice. I did see that you are um, – we talk about Twitter spaces a lot. That's something Brian mm-hmm. does a lot from the Benzinga account. 
So I know that you do some Twitter spaces with Ben, who was actually a guest on a previous episode oh, of nice. The Roadmap. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the Ben Franklin Twitter spaces that you are a host of? Thank you. Yeah, um, I met Ben at NFT NYC. We were minting crypto New Yorkers together at Bright Moments. So Ben's a really cool guy. And um, he just randomly hit me up, asked me to do the spaces with him. And, you know, nobody's really done. Well, maybe some people have, but definitely... I don't, I don't think anybody actually asked for like a regular scheduled space with, with me. Um, so that was really like cool to be, you know, somebody that he valued so much. And I really, I really liked Ben yeah. myself. So it was just a perfect match. And I wasn't aware of his hosting skills until we started doing the show. And it was just like a perfect match. Like I, anybody, anybody could be a good co-host with Ben. That's, that's basically how I see it. And um, like, like, like I was saying earlier, I had, 30 apes and like 200 followers. I was following people like Ben from the beginning when they had followers. In there. So it's not like just because I got a lot of followers, I suddenly lose respect for anybody that does that has less than me. It's, I still value them the same way. I just, just I just assumed that they would grow as many followers as I did. And so um, somebody like Ben is, a, you know, if you could get in a space with him, I'd very highly recommend it. And so we do our spaces on, at five o'clock Eastern time every Wednesday. We just started recording it two weeks ago. Um, so now we have recorded. Last Wednesday, uh, he was on his honeymoon, so we did space because I don't think my hosting skills can, can go up the way he does. He has notes, he has websites, he pins tweets all the time. So um, he's definitely, him alone should be the reason why you join the space. Just, you know, me, I'm just there to talk. But if you really want to hear me talk about stuff, you know, I'm in that space. And I'm, I'm free to do a space anytime, any day. Uh, usually just during, um, uh, I, I work from home. So if I have like a good, you know, 15, 30 minute break, I can do a space or something. But, well, yeah, uh, I followed you on Twitter. If you want to, um, yeah, we're going to have to get we'll, you on we'll some, message some Ben's okay. Twitter space. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, yeah, let me know. I can be on the stage and talk or do anything yeah, like that. So. We would love that. Right, Brian. Yeah, for sure. We can make that happen easily. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, again, Franklin's Twitter account is in the description below. You can also find it in the chat. Uh, Franklin, thank you for taking time for joining us. Also, shout out to the creeps for joining us today um, in the chat as well. Uh, Franklin, we, we look forward to talking to you soon. We're going to have to have you back on and, of, of course. course, on those Twitter spaces like we talked. So we will talk to you real soon. Uh, have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you. I had a blast on here. This is so much fun. So awesome. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Right, you, ever want, you want someone to hold an eight for you? <laughs> Got you, bud. Right click. I'm I, my my right click save. There you right go. Clickable. They're right clickable for anybody. Okay. Right awesome. Awesome. Thanks. I want that metadata. <laughs> metadata. All right. Well, what a fun uh, interview there with Franklin. Brian, we're running out of time here. I just want to hit on a couple things real quick, and then we do have a new another show coming up at three o'clock. So it's Tuesday, uh, the top 10 NFT projects from the past week. That's a weekly article I do on Benzinga. You can see it on the screen there. Um, Board Ape Yacht Club, number one, 85.4 million, up 129%. No surprise there. Azuki saw continued good sales volume, second place. Mutant Ape Yacht Club, Clone X, CryptoPunks, Killer Girlfriend. And, and then, of course, I want to highlight Creeps, Shapeshifters, 27.8 million in sales volume. That was a project from the Creeps team, which I know everyone here in the chat is a big fan of. Uh, so we are looking forward to hearing more from Creeps soon. Uh, Brian, 
How about Justin Bieber getting into Board Ape Yacht Club and spending 500 ETH on a ape that many considered not to be rare, right? It had just kind of basic traits, and a lot of people called it a floor ape. Uh, what do you think about Bieber getting into Board Ape Yacht Club, and were you surprised at the price he paid? Um, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think money is an object to him, obviously. So right. it, he probably would have paid whatever and it doesn't matter. You know, it's, uh, what the equivalent of 1.3 million about it's like, yeah, let's just, let's just buy that. Forget it. But I think like we've talked about the past couple days of episodes, um, where, you know, we're seeing more celebrities get in because they see the utility and they want to uh, be a part of the movement not maybe not publicity i mean i don't think justin bieber's the kind of guy who cares about publicity at his age and his notoriety it doesn't it's like he doesn't need to kind of shake things up or get his name back out there because he's already you know world famous so i think it's just because he's all about it i like the simplistic uhness of this ape too i think it's you know it's suiting and it's cool i i wish i had 1.3 million dollars to buy one yeah, and so it's got the sad eyes trait. And when he shared it on Instagram, he actually met, used the song lyrics to a song called Lonely with the hashtag uh, Lonely Board Ape. So uh, maybe he was just looking for that particular trait and sad eyes becomes uh, one of the, the, the good traits to have here uh, per Bieber. So uh, we'll definitely be following that story. Brian, uh, speaking of music, uh, I wrote an article on Warner Music Group, right? They partnered with One Of, which is an NFT platform backed by Quincy Jones. Um, so they're going to help their artists launch NFTs. They also signed a partnership with The Sandbox to launch a musical theme park and concert venue uh, in The Sandbox. So, I mean, Warner Music Group, you got Blake Shelton, Bruno Mars, Cardi B, Ed Sheeran, Gorillaz, Green Day, Kelly Clarkson, Phil Collins, Prince, Rod Stewart, and even Elvin and the Chipmunks. Huge <laughs> portfolio of musicians. What do you think? I mean, Warner Music Group really going all in here on NFTs. That's really cool. And I mean, I, I think the past six months, um, I've been saying that uh, the NFT non-fungible tokens um, are going to change the music industry as a whole. I mean, it's going to give everybody the rights you can buy, you can use all, all this different crazy stuff that's happening, especially going with tickets and memorabilia, just the whole space in general or the whole entertainment space in general. I love it. I think it's great. I think it gives it's fair for the artists and it gives back to the artists and lets them be in control of what they want to be in control of. And, you know, one big, one big, like a uh, producing company doesn't own the rights to a song that you, you pit, you, you've spent your whole life making and you're only getting five cents of every dollar that is made on the song until like, you know, a couple million are paid off. So now you finally get the rights back to it. So I think it's awesome. Definitely. And Brian, the last piece of news here again, is we're running out of time. VCon, right? From Gary mm -hmm. V and Vayner NFT, V Friends. They are hosting, of course, the inaugural VCon May 19th to May 22nd at US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And they announced their second round of speakers and uh, entertainers. So, I mean, we have some NFT artists. We got Amber Vittoria added. We got Bobby Kim from Adam Bomb Squad and mm. hundreds. We got Baron Davis, former NBA player. We got Chuck Liddell, former UFC fighter. 
Guy O'Siri from Maverick, who of course signed a deal with Board Ape Yacht Club and World of Women. We got the Cyber Kongs team. We got Keith Grossman from Time. Mike Novogratz from Galaxy Digital. Randy Zuckerberg from Zuckerberg Media. That's Mark Zuckerberg's sister. We've got uh, Ricky Williams, former NFL player. We've got uh, Sanchin Saxena, who's the Coinbase vice president. So many people attending this event. Steve Aoki. I mean, the speaker list for this event is insane. And I am hoping, uh, again, that I get to go as a member of the Benzinga media team. And we'll uh, try to bring you more updates on VCon as they happen. Well, everyone, we're out of time. I want to thank everyone for tuning in or listening. Of course, this is available as a podcast. And also, you can watch this video after it airs right here on Benzinga's YouTube And Brian, speaking of Benzinga's YouTube, airing at three o'clock right now, as soon as I stop talking, we have an interview with Tommy Chong, of course, of Cheech and Chong to talk about cannabis, right? Something he probably uh, knows a thing or two about. I think he's new. He, (laughs) He might just want some education from the Benzinga team, but stay tuned, everyone. Interview with Tommy Chong coming up next. So thanks, everyone. For tuning into the roadmap and thanks of course to our show sponsor ftx uh you can find the description for the ftx app in uh the description below and you can sign up for an account there brian we will be back tomorrow 2 p.m eastern time thank you everyone for joining us today see y'all